0: Okay, hey, my loves. Okay, so we're going to try a Car Chronicles thing. I'm going to um, drive, and this is definitely going to be a chatty version. Um, I already took a screenshot of the on the thumbnail. That's what you're seeing. It's in purple. And um, part of what my podcasts are about is how to navigate these types of posts, right? Because that type of post is what I grew up with you know and it it makes sense until it doesn't make sense and until it makes sense meaning you know you can hear something like well if a guy's really into you you know you will know but if they aren't just kind of like get over it and keep move on i feel like sometimes it is a little bit of a gaslighting tactic too and it does put us on a spiral to you know, jump from relationship to relationship without doing the inner work. Some people don't need as much as, you know, and given the length of time I was in, the, I think the relationship that cut the deepest, I think. But what does that look like? Because um, I, I knew I wanted to come and follow up on the last podcast that I did because um, even talking it out helps me kind of pinpoint some things that, People say, but you don't really understand what it means until you've experienced it. And thankfully, you know, I'm still alive to kind of share my experience. I'm not saying that they would have toe-tagged me, right? I'm just saying, like, sometimes when you're trying to figure out what people mean when they say things, especially when it comes to dating, you can make a wrong choice and just it cannot end well for you. So when, when somebody says if he's into you, you know, you'll know one of the things that I kept mentioning in the last podcast was these guys were nice. They were nice. Right. One of them, he had more, more red flags. I think the last relationship, but it wasn't, you know, when you talk about looking for emotionally abusive and like I said, I think that um, the way that I approached dating was, yeah, I would talk to different guys until I got some type of a red flag that okay this is not going to be a a match so it would be things like verbal abuse or just incompatible or not the same values and lifestyles so when it gets to the point where with both of them it's kind of like okay i've weeded them for all these things i've filtered for all of these things and like I said, they weren't mean to me. They were nice. And we went on the dates. And one of them was even for so long for for 3 years. So, that's when you're in nice territory. So, when you say when you say if somebody's into you, they'll do all they can for you, it's very important that you don't get stuck in the nice um Syndrome. I've said this before. I've said some of the most dangerous, in my opinion, because I know one of my favorite content creators is going to help me unpack, like, the, you know, limiting belief or just the fear surrounding relationships. But I think it's more damaging when they're they kind of sell you the line of, like, oh, let's date. Because it's like you go on the dates, you go to the nice places, you hang out, you have the conversations, but you're just never quite good enough, right? And so you figure, well, you know, the proverbial, you don't want to rush. You're supposed to to really see if you like each other. So it's tricky because I say after three week, three weeks, <laughs> after about three dates, if you're quote unquote courting which I thought I was, but I wasn't. Right. And I talked about in the last podcast, how I assumed that because I was allowing that person into my life and going through what I thought was dating, they weren't viewing it as dating. Right. And so I was progressing a bit as if that relationship was supposed to, to lead towards marriage. And so then that's how you end up doing you know, wifely things or whatever, so on and so forth. For me, it wasn't quite that bad, but I, and so I think that happens to a lot of women. We feel like if I'm dating you, if I'm spending time with you, it's because I want the family. It's because I want the husband. It's because I want the kids, but men don't think like that. Right. At least from my experience, I, I, um, I think that they just look at it in terms of, you know, this is good until it's not good anymore. So I'll just ride it till the wheels fall off and then move on to the next thing. And I talked about the dynamic too, about how, you know, it really makes sense when I was talking about it um, in the last podcast, the guys that I dated, they already tried the relationships. They were already jaded, right? They already knew what it was like to have a, a failed relationship and, to bring a child into the world and for it not to work out. So when they're when they're single and their relationships have failed, and they're coming to new, younger, fresh meat, me, with no kids, and I'm all gung ho and rose, uh, you know, rose-colored lenses and really excited about having a baby and having a family and having a, a husband. They're like, Psh, girl, mm-mm, I already try to have a, a relationship, I already have children I already been to childbirth I already seen this child grow their two front teeth and change them out of diapers and I'm not with that so you start to look at the, the energies and so I think that one of the nuances is when you see these types of posts where the guy says um, he will do everything for you, yeah you have to be careful because I mean it can be nice and you can date, and they can treat you nice, and they can seem like a gentleman, right? But what does it mean that he will do everything for you? And I think that's why it's so important. It sounds so remedial, but you gotta court. You gotta, if you really want marriage the way that I did, and you really want a family, and it's funny because I did talk, I remember um, talking with one of them about. And it's so interesting to me too because now I'm starting to to see certain indicators, right? Because um, the the one of the guys he did not have a father. His mom, um, his his dad was African, and he didn't know his father. His dad basically just pumped and dumped his mom, respectfully, you know, and you could tell the resentment was there you could tell that the resentment was there with with his father. But on a positive note, he really, really loved his mom. And that was really nice to see, right? He really cared for his mom, really held her in high regard. And um, also when he talked about his daughter, that was there too. But I think that, one, he didn't have a role model of what it was like to even... Because one of the things I was listening to Mina, she was talking about how you know, men have fear of what it looks like to lead. And my thing is, I don't think a lot of women have a problem with men leading. I think the problem is with the subjugation. Like I talked about the couple that I met uh, about two or three weeks ago now where it was the Persian lady and yeah, they got married, but he was beating the crap out of her. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah, we want to get married, yeah, we want you to lead. yeah, we want you to protect and provide, but shit, like, you don't need to be throwing cake at my face and bruising me, you know what I'm saying, and or not really making sure the lights are kept on or I have a roof over my head, and so then, yeah, it starts to get really, um, really funky, but what I was saying is this guy didn't have a role model of how to treat a woman, so when you said, not treat a woman, but how to initiate the relate the conversation of, okay, let me talk to your parents, let me ask for your hand in marriage, let me, um, you know, start to take have that conversation. And so, um, I can see where I'm submitting to this guy, right? And that's why I talk about, it's important to me not to do conditional submitting because he didn't know what the fuck he was doing. <laughs> and or, and or, Part of it, too, is we weren't, he wasn't wanting marriage. I guarantee you, I promise you, if I had had the courtship conversation where um, I asked them if they wanted to get married or they saw themselves getting married again, I guarantee you both of them would have said no and one of them would have said hell no. And one of the things I was noticing, too, with the um, second to last boyfriend was we talked about kids right? That's what got me on this whole tangent. So it's like, it was natural for him to talk about children because that's what he knew. But we never talked about, you know, marriage. And so with that being said, I promise y'all, like, I was so sweet and so docile and so passive that I did, I was not the nagging girlfriend, I wasn't trying to beat over his head like, oh, when are we going to get married? When are we going to do this? What's the next level? I just figured, I'm talking to you. The reason I'm talking to you and we're doing this quote-unquote dating is because, you know, we're looking at a relationship. And so now you need to be a man and you need to lead and you need to set the course of direction. So, I don't know. I think that if you're hearing this, you're probably going to be, 10 steps ahead of me. And then what you need to figure out is how to have those conversations, you know, and what that looks like Because I don't have the answers for that, but that's where I got caught in that quagmire. So, you know, when, when they say he will do everything for you, you don't really, I don't think you really understand it until you've been through it type of a thing especially when you're dealing with the nice boyfriend who, who seems to have everything. And so um, I remember towards the end, like on the last relationship, I started to bring stuff up and I was just getting ready to just exit. And I did feel like I was nagging, right? And it did feel um, kind of like I was taking control of the reins and, and taking on the position of... Um, leading protecting providing type of a thing because at that point and part of it too i have to be i have to give myself so much more grace because um my feelings did get involved but i think that even in terms of um life circumstances i had a lot of other things going on so i was really distracted and so when with the last relationship when I started to settle down for myself, it's kind of like, okay, what's going on here? What, what are we doing type of a thing? And I'm not getting the answers that I need, that I need. I was getting ready to jump ship anyways. It's just, he beat me to the punch and, you know, type of a thing and, and, and had already moved on. But, um, yeah, I think that these types of posts, you you can't, I don't know, I think I want to hold this a little bit more accountable because you can't just say stuff like that and just be like, oh, if a man loves you, he's going to do everything he can. And if he doesn't, just move on. No, no, I already dealt with the first nuance. And I think that men, because they're not emotional creatures inherently, you know, they don't really understand how much they really, like, fuck up women's psyche for real, for real, and I mean that as graphically as I said it, because to them it's just kind of like just get over it. Like as soon as they nut, they're done. Like they're just on to the next thing. Women, we're not like that for the most part, because I know I know of women. I've met them. I've talked to them at church, you know. And one of them, she was just kind of like, you can change boyfriends like you change pants, like. And I was like, girl. Mm kudos to you cause I don't know, my little, my little heart, the way it pitter-patters, I just, and so I'm learning to, to manage that, right? Um, and, you know, some people can say it can go from one extreme to the other, but you better believe I will never, ever let my, my guard down like that again. I think that I will still have the same courtesy a lot of you know that I I'm open to, so I'm not going to go looking for right. A relationship. I think that's also another important thing. I think women, we just learn how to be open to what it is that we want and to attract it, but I'm not out here looking for that. But with that being said, um, Oh, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> Cause I'm, I'm people are driving funky out here y'all. But, um, and I do have a meeting. i I have a, meeting where i'm going to be learning how to trade crypto and that's going to be for like the next 12 months so i need to log on to that mm-hmm. in a little bit but even coincidentally by the way so like right now i'm just coming from like i was at a pool and next thing you know i just ended up talking to this guy he was tall beautiful eyelashes y'all and his eyes were kind of like they were blue but they had like a little bit of brown in there i never seen that like those type of eyes type of thing and when i tell you we were just talking it up and I had to just leave because I had my meeting and it was just kind of like okay whatever but I mean you talk about we were just they're out there those types of guys are out there they're good guys out there Um, and I don't think it was somebody I would have ever considered like I said it's easy for us to have conversations but I think that we just take it for granted or we pigeonhole ourselves there was something else I wanted to say Okay, Um, I was talking about the nuances. I think that in some senses, it's almost to the point of gaslighting. And maybe that's too severe a term. But, you know, just to get over it, just move on type of a thing. Eh, eh, You know, and again, it could be because all of us have uh, divine feminine, divine masculine. So I think that women have more feelings than men. But I'm not underestimating that men have feelings. I know they do, but they're not as much. So with that being said, when you say move on, there are some women who are a little bit more male identified. And again, there's, you know, you can have positive masculine traits and negative masculine traits, right? That's where you have like the alpha female. That's your boss lady. There's nothing wrong with that. But then it becomes um, negative when, you know, being a quote-unquote alpha female or someone who is very logical and very, um, like, cutthroat doesn't understand that you're dealing with human beings and humans have feelings and humans, you know, you, you can really, you know, add to to somebody's misery right and and it's even dangerous because you're not aware of it all you know is i'm a man i don't have feelings so what's your problem you know when you talk about like the whole little wayne thing where (coughs) he slept with a thousand girls you know um he talks about it on his on one of his songs something like my daddy right He don't care about the imprint or how that affected those thousand women. I don't think that they understood the implications of that either. And so, but in his mind, it's just about the conquest. Women, girls are not like that. And I don't want to keep going in circles. So the time limit is forcing me to also be more concise. The other part of the message he said was, yeah, a guy will do everything that he wants for you. Here's the thing. Here's what I would say would be the indicator because you see those types of posts, and like I said, you can end up with a boyfriend that's almost just as dangerous mm-hmm. in the sense of um, Ooh, I want some lotion. Um almost in the sense of like, well, yeah, he's doing everything right. He's going to Thanksgiving dinners, met the parents, met the, the siblings, get along with the with the brothers, type of thing. Here's here's what I think I would do. Um, And understand my personality is analytical, right? I was born for this. I um, hope that in some senses I'm critiquing the thought process, which is, you know, this has been around since I was a kid. This is what I grew up on. Not so much the person, right? So not so much the person, but this school of thought does exist. So here's how I would clean up this post a little bit. I would say if a, if a man loves you and he cares about you, he will marry you, okay? He will marry you. So the, the question is, you're going to ask, right, if he has the intention for marriage and for family, right? And the sooner you, and so, but the thing is, I think I can even understand where some people are like, well, how are you going to know if you're going to get married in three, in three dates? Here's the thing. It's one thing for you to kind of like, you know, when you schedule your Uber or you plan a trip with your friends, when you get in the car, you know that you're all going to the beach or you all know that you're all going to like a wine country, wine wine tasting, or you know that you're all going to, you know, a concert. But I think what happens is... um you you can get into somebody's car but you'll be in the car and the music is great and you're having a great conversation with a person and this person is trying to go to Cancun Mexico and you're like what are you talking about you know why why are we at the um at the border I didn't bring my passport I wasn't even trying to go to Cancun I really wanted to go to you know um I don't know. I I really wanted to go to to the mall. You know what I'm saying? So, but that that's what happens. I would say that I would clean up that that and say, if he loves you, he will marry you. I know there could be a little bit of a nuance to that. If I hear it, I will absolutely bring it to you. But that's how I would play it because you can end up with the nice guy, and you can waste time, and he never really. Wanted to marry you. And the thing is, um, guys are actually quicker to know if they like someone, I think, than girls are, than women are. Um, I think marriage is something that unfolds, you know, um, <coughs> I'm yelling, so I hope it doesn't sound really bad because I'm in my car and I'm sure there's ambient noise and ro- noise from the road, but, um, and it's really straining my throat. But I think that um, the difference is if you figure out, okay, do you want marriage? Do I want marriage? Does it mean you have to marry each other? No. But at least you both know you want marriage. So now the conversations are different because now you're talking about where are you going to live? Who needs to complete their education? Who's going to stay at home? What are your lifestyles? Where are you compatible? But if you don't have those conversations three months, six months, and then you happen to bring up you know relationships or that type of thing I don't know and it could just be remedial maybe it just took me all of this my grown life to kind of figure things out on my on my own because I didn't have like parents like I have parents but they didn't talk about this type of stuff um and I think in hindsight like I used to be really angry because I felt like you know they wanted me to be wifey material but and, and again I think I just missed the mark because when I think about it now, understanding what I do now, and even over the past year, they just wanted me to live my best life. They just wanted me to be happy. They made sure that I emphasize my education so that I become self-sufficient, you know, and financially stable. But, but they, you know, it's not like they didn't necessarily value it. I don't know. Parenting is so... Difficult sometimes, right? I think I empathize more with my parents because it's like you don't want to be that person that's forcing marriage onto your child. One more important thing that I learned, I was listening to, um, I think it was a Princella, and she was going a little bit more into the age. Uh, really, if I had to do it in hindsight again, I probably, you know, um, she talked about the age of twenty-five is when your frontal prefrontal cortex closes and then that's when you're kind of like starting to step into your maturity that makes sense i kind of like that i would i say i would use that as a guideline for my niece you know i would tell her to just knock out everything that she needs to you know in terms of college and school she's still young enough at the age of 25 to you know um build the family that she wants to but she will have gotten enough under her belt in terms of going to college and having her job and making her income still young enough, still fertile, still hasn't hit the wall and, but can understand and not having that, that wear and tear on your heart and soul. I remember, um, freshman year in college. <coughs> so I talked about this before, but, um, I date my first boyfriend was at 21 and he was 28, and I remember when we got into our little spats, oh, my grades, my grades, oh, no, <laughs> I remember getting up to take quizzes and stuff like that, and it's really hard to focus when you're experiencing heartbreak and, you know, trying to figure out all of this other stuff, and and it's funny because I thought it was heartbreak then, it wasn't shit, it wasn't nothing, the heartbreak is nothing until you get it stomped on with like cheating and and that type of thing like like that type of betrayal. But but you still have to allow yourself emotional maturity, right? And so, you know, obviously she's going to make her own choices, I think most young people are, but if I had to do this over again, I know we talked about it in the movie Source Code. I love that movie so much, but he gets to go back and fix and fine-tune things that he would do differently if he had life to live over again. And if I had to do it over again, I would definitely just focus on school and definitely, know, you know, definitely do books before boys until the age of 25. 25, I understand, okay, my emotions can get caught up, how to balance it, how to choose the best person. We're not necessarily going for the best guy or the nicest guy. We're looking for the guy that wants marriage, that wants the same thing. And so even I would think that if you have, if you both want marriage and it takes you a year or two or three to get married, it's completely different than the way that I did it. So my meeting is about to start and um, I hope that that was helpful. I will talk a little bit more about what I see on my end and really go below the surface on some of these things because I, I grew up on this post right and people say it all the time too but again that's also coming from a man you know and I think that men like I said they're just not the most emotional creatures so I'm just sharing it from a woman's perspective um and like I said too there are some women that they you know a little bit have a. I I say they have a little bit more air in their chart and they can you know change pants and change boyfriends I'm not that type of girl um It does take me a little bit of time after a relationship to just kind of, like, clear my head and kind of grieve the process because I think that, you know, those are people. Uh, One of the things I was uh, talking about in the last podcast, too, that was interesting was um, it's interesting to me, too, because they really could have just been my friends. I don't know how long they would have been my friends because once I started to see how they treat other women and you know, that type of thing, I probably would have just disconnected anyways. But those conversations, really, they should have been nothing more than friends and or people that I met along the way. But I just, I just didn't ask the right questions. And I think I went kind of like seven, all the way up to seven when I should have gone to eight, nine and 10. And so I think for me, eight, nine or 10 would be making sure like, even if it's on that first date. So do you want to get married? You know? And it could be a little bit difficult conversation because like, well, how do you know that I'm going to know if you don't want marriage? Oh, no problem. We definitely don't need to come continue this conversation. I don't need to waste your time because I want a relationship. I want a family. I want a husband. And even at that point, if I have to pay for my own meal, I know, I know some girls just like like clutch their pearls. But even at that point on date one or day two, and it's kind of like, okay, well, you don't want to get married, all right? It's been nice knowing you. Let me call it a night. Let me pay for my check if I need to. And maybe it's early enough that I can just go drive out to a concert still or go to a museum or go over to my friend's house or watch a movie or still do get something done with my day and go on. Right? As opposed to, like, we're going on cute date after cute date, and we're going out, and we're trying this, and we're trying that, and, you know, I'm assuming that, you know, I think when women talk to men, like I said, they are thinking family relationship, and men are just thinking, like, no, I just want to get my dick wet. All right, I got to go. Bye. Oops. One more thing as I'm pulling up into my driveway. So, I um, went ahead and put the title already. I did the description. And I was putting the post up and I read it again and I thought another interesting thing that uh that I I kind of didn't get to address was he says, if you're not that woman, move on, which I thought was funny because understand this is a man that that did this post. I find it interesting that instead of him telling the man, if she's not the right one, like let her go, because one of the questions I've had in the back of my mind is like, my God, if I wasn't their type, why didn't they tell me? Why did they drag me on for months and months and years knowing damn well that I wasn't what they were looking for? I I can take my responsibility. I think that even the post that I did that this podcast it's for helping the woman understand what that looks like and the conversations to have. And I think that again, I keep saying saying it, you can be dating the sweetest, nicest guy, like no emotional abuse, no, you know, like they handled me with kitty gloves, gloves. I always felt like I was a lady, never, nothing, anything disrespectful you know, but just month after month, year after year, you know, I don't know how long the charades would have gone on. And so I find it interesting for him from a man's perspective, he's telling the woman, and it's almost like one of those things kind of like, well, you should know better. So if you stick around, that's on you. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I gave the woman the pointers. As soon as you see it, you move on. But I find it so interesting that he's telling the woman, you move on, if you look at the post. As opposed to him saying, man, if you know that that's not the woman for you and she doesn't have the qualities, set her free. Let her go. Don't continue to tap into her emotions and, you know, sexually and everything else that comes with what a woman, the essence of a woman you know, it's it's it's, it's really um. <clears throat> in in case a man doesn't understand it, it's just outright cruel. It's absolutely cruel. You know, because you're looking at this person, and, you know, it's different when they're your friend because you can go out to lunch if you want to, you know, and talk on the phone if you want to and have similar interests. But, I think for women, just the you know, it's a very intimate process when you're letting somebody into another layer of like, even the intimacy and even sexually, right? I'm not having sex with, with people that I have, you know, shared hobbies with, or people that like to talk about health and working out or investing. I'm not having sex with them. So if I talk to them once and we exchange numbers and I don't talk to them for six months, it's fine. But I think it's just, I think men don't understand how downright cruel it is that you are doing that to a woman. I don't know. I don't understand why men just don't say, and I, I kind of get it because basically if you tell a woman, you know what? I'm just not into you, but I still want to have sex with you. Like at least even give me that right too. Right. But I think that part of the reason that they don't tell you is because it's like, yeah, if I can keep having sex with you, t- yeah, i am gonna keep getting my dick wet. And if that means that I have to, you know, put up a facade or kind of just continue to be, you know, still a regular person, then then so be it, right? But I mean, part of the betrayal and why it hurts is because these people, you know, could have just said something, and I I don't know. I have never heard any men or women address why. I, I no, but. Okay, we're going circular and I do have to get to my meeting. But yeah, the reason he's not going to tell you, you know, is because why would you tell someone to stop, you know, being intimate with them or have a relationship with them, you know, type of thing? I honestly think if I was, because even when I was like, quote unquote, dating, it's like, like I said, I would talk to different people. And go through process of elimination. And I remember having the conversations of the, it's not you, it's not me. Right? And I felt, re- I remember one of them, uh, I still remember to this day. He was so heartbroken. But I knew I had to say it, one. Finally told him, okay, two. Held that L. Held that container in that space to just make it as gentle and compassionate you know, but I didn't just outright ghost him, or just cut him off, or just, you know, type of thing, but, but I also didn't drag him on, because this guy was wanting to just, like, really go out of his way to just really, you know, kind of, like, spoil and pepper me, and was just kind of like, no, 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 I'm good, it's just, I'm not, we're not, I'm not connecting with you, like, you know, I don't remember what, everything that I told them all exactly, but I try to make it as gentle as possible type of a thing. So, yeah, it's not the most comfortable conversation, but I've done it as a woman. I'm not going to keep, like, leeching off of a guy or, you know, <laughs> just be like... What I could have done is I could have just basically played him and just been like, oh, well, you know what? I want to go to San Diego and have him take me there. Oh, I want to get flued out to you know, wherever and have him pay for everything. And, and then just tell him, I don't want to have sex until I'm married and just drag it out until he's good and tired. Yeah. Yeah. I can see where, I can see where, I mean, that would be the female equivalent of what men are doing. Um, I don't know. All right. Let me get to my meeting. Bye. Okay, it's past the meeting, but I just wanted to tie up a couple more loose ends. I might come back with little one or two minute tidbits, but um, I really want us to really look at the situation because um, for me at this point, it's not about just putting up this post and then trying to figure out what that means. I think that we kind of have to peel back the letters, right? peel back the, the layers, so... I'm gonna analyze it, right? So understand, I think like, uh, most other women, we tend to date older, right? So two years might not be that much of a difference where, you know, somebody two years older can really have that much more maturity on women. But um, most of the guys I dated were so like two years older, eight years older, and I think Five years older something like that yeah and you know that I that because like I said like I talk to people and then it's just process of elimination like I remember there was one guy um I loved his voice right I still he's on my he's still on my phone thing I haven't talked to him but hey you know but um I remember talking to him and it was just kind of like going through the thought process of stuff and um really cool guy but just not for me so we we kind of just haven't really been in touch or anything but um i what i was saying is understand i think that even most women we kind of subconsciously think okay submit and he's older so he should know what to do and he's the man so he should lead which is kind of what that post was implying but at the same time, it's unfortunate because even in the post, he's saying the impetus is on the woman to leave, not on the man to say that he doesn't want you. So even case in point, and and once you understand this, then you'll really understand like what happened with me, but even with other people. And uh, for example, I'm, I'm in the middle of listening to Tisa, Tisa Tell's your Gossip Oracle. And so she's talking about what, what happened with Kylie, Travis, and there's this side chick, right? Um, which coincidentally, Kylie, <laughs> um, if I'm not mistaken, she stole, I mean, the word steal. She knew that, um, this guy and, or the guy before this was in a relationship with someone else. Cause I think Tyga, she, she quote unquote dated or had sex. She was sexing, um, or messing around with, she was messing around with Tyga. Tyga was in a relationship with, uh, Black China. And then Travis was also, if I'm not mistaken, in a relationship with someone else when Kylie came in. So here she is. Kylie has two kids with this man. And now there's this whole other side chick. But when I tell you, it's just, listen, they both got the same black man. But anyways, let them figure that out. When I tell you I'm waiting for my popcorn to arrive, listen, so, but... What is interesting is that's how you end up with, um, because I asked the question, how can a guy stay with you if he's not feeling you, you know, and he knows that you're not wifey material, he knows he doesn't want to settle down with you. Why doesn't he just say it, right? So even when you, if you're going to look at this, um, video by Tisa, it's the one October 24th, Travis Scott, alleged mistress, walks back claim. You see the pictures, He, you know, they haven't declared that they're breaking up. They're not legally, you know, they're not married and or announcing they're separated. But he stays in her life, right? And he keeps coming around. Yeah, they have kids together, but I think that it's still different, right? In the sense of like, he's coming around, coming around, like that's still her boyfriend, like her boo or the the, the man in her life. Right. And karma really is what it is, because, you know, we all know that Kylie wants the marriage. Right. She keeps alluding to she wants to have a, a loving relationship. Now, when I talk about even the statistics for me, she's dealing with a demographic that is not known for marriage. So there's that. But then again, there's the whole cheating component. How you get them is how you lose them type of a thing too but if she wanted to if i were her i would have just gone straight for the white boys but and the funny thing is i never understood why i why white girls would just not even i don't know that's the weirdest thing to me too um you know what i see like i see lots of couples all the time i think everybody about the day does too and there's different people that stick out. There was one guy I really had a really great conversation with him. Amazing, every oh, amazing, amazing, amazing. But um, what was I gonna say? The there was a couple. They were um, they were Middle Eastern, and when I tell you, the way he was treating her was just oh my gosh, my heart. It was almost like, I kid you not, like Aladdin and the Jasmine type of a thing. So he's like this handsome guy. He's tall, muscular. And so you could tell she was probably a good maybe four year difference. No, I don't think she's more than six years younger than him. And he was so like even protective with her. And it wasn't kind of like, because I've talked about the other couple, like they were Persian or something and the energy on that was just like, I felt like, well, he had already thrown cake at her face. And then he, I'm six foot one and he was trying to run up on me and be an ankle biter. And I was like, sir, sir, small dick energy, sir, <laughs> back up. <laughs> right. But um, it was even things like he was just like letting her into the pool, making sure she's okay. Nothing, nothing too overt or anything, but you could just tell the energy is like, he's not trying to like, bash her head in he's not trying to subjugate her it's just they were happy and it's funny too because um i i do obviously you can probably tell observe personalities and different people and stuff and i can tell like there's relationships around like yeah that's mm, it that's gonna and part of yeah but i mean judging not judging because you can look completely different um And go home and then you're really getting tossed around and that type of thing. But that energy was so beautiful. It was one of those that, um, it makes me, you know, sometimes I get off the podcast and I'm like, maybe, maybe I'm just still thinking in a fairy tale. But again, you have to understand, I grew up in the black community. We don't see that in the black community. I think even though I was in relationships, it's just, you don't, it's not common, right? Type of a thing. So, When I come on here and I say like, yeah, there's guys out there that are chivalrous, that are empathetic, that are protector, that are providers, that are mission oriented, that are ambitious, that are, I think if I haven't mentioned already, family oriented, marriage oriented, have traditional values. And then I find myself second guessing because I keep going back to that matrix. And I'm like, ah, and then I'll get the reminder. I'll see it. And I'm like, OK, nope, nope. This is a modern cop- couple. This is a 2022 couple. They're fairly young, you know, so it's not like an old, old couple there. I would say he was probably like maybe so if she was four, four to six years younger than him. I would say she was probably around 24. I would say she's closer to like 22 and he's probably like 24, 26, not a day over 27. And, you know, because they were on the, the younger side, but she wasn't, you could tell she was probably like college age type of a thing. So, but anyways, let me get off of here. But I think Kylie's a good example, right? Of, of the type of guy. And you're going to start to see this more. There's, there's men. Same thing too. Case in point. Um, what's her name? Um, the Udoku guy. Nia Long's husband. He's he's smashing the VP's, you know, wife, sleeping with the travel agent, sleeping with the basketball player's wife. You don't think he knew he didn't want to be with Nia? Why didn't he just tell Nia, you know what? And they weren't even married. So when I tell you that these people will waste your whole entire time, it's like, you don't think he could have just been like, you know what? Um, I love my son, I'll pay my child support, I'll come visit, whatever, what have you. But, you know, we're just not working out. No! No, 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 no. He allowed her to just everything, including pick up her stuff and travel all the way to freaking wherever it was with the Boston Celtics. And he was willing to let her continue to move in there, buy a house, get the kid in school and keep living under those premises instead of just saying, so I know that I'm not the only one that says like, I'm there. They're nice. I'm pretty sure they, you know, do their photo shoot stuff. They come home to the same, whatever. It's amicable enough that, you know, he's met the parents. He's the father of your child. He's, you know, has a job. He's ambitious. He's tall. He's... Ha- I think he was handsome when he was younger. Now that he's older, it, he's not, not aging very well, in my humble opinion. But, um, yeah. The knee-along is, is the whole situation, too. Um, I think... Um, I probably now that I kind of have that kind of filter or lens, I can give you more examples of how people will knowingly, especially men, they will know they don't want to be in a relationship with you. But unfortunately, women, we just have to decide to just if, if <laughs> kind of know what it feels like, right? And, and if you want marriage, then say you want marriage on day one or day two or upfront. And, um, but I think like again, in my culture, we're conditioned to like, don't be a gold digger, don't nag, let him take the lead. But again, if if there's an age difference, then I think most women do tend to say, well, if he's five years older than me, ten years older than me, then he should be taking the lead. But he's not marriage minded, but in, in again, and again, and I'll close out with this. I think that now that I'm shifting my gaze out of the black community, Um, I think those conversations are more natural because you're, do other cultures have men that don't want to get married? Yes, right? That's how we have like blue pill, red pill, MGTOW, the whole sorts, right? But culturally, because even when I think about it, um, like uh, the places I go, a lot of Hispanics, they value marriage, Right? They're always looking for someone to mar- to marry my me, mi- my mijo or my mija, or the the way like if you've ever been around Hispanic people, they um it's nothing pushy too, but there's conversations and they do look out for like oh you know I have a, a a niece that would be really good for your son or you know my nephew would be really good for your daughter and then they meet and that type of thing like it's very close knit um so. That culture, yes, they do have male chauvinistic very strong in that community. I'm very aware of it kind of it's kind of the circles I kind of grew up in, and also even living in Costa Rica for one year when I was eighteen, from the age of eighteen to nineteen, you know they do value marriage and they will marry you off young, and they are traditional, but the lower vibrational is the male chauvinistic the 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 subjugation, the abuse you know, um, type of a thing. They have toe-tagging with with that there, too. Um, Like, Middle Eastern cultures, I think, also value marriage. Marriage, right? They don't really value the hookup culture. Um, I'm trying to... I think that white people, they do... um, European, Caucasian, whatever. They um, value marriage, I think that that's what most of the institutions are. Because even when you go, I think, to other places of the world, they don't have marriage under the institution of the church the way that we do in North America. So, but, um but they have their own way of doing it. Like they have the dowry or, um, gee, I don't know. But I think when you think of white culture, you think of going to the pastor, going to the church. And then also the the government aspect of it. So it's an institution that's under the European or Caucasian or white people system. And other cultures, it's like different. And then even like when you look at the Jewish community too, I always forget what the name of it is called. But um, it is, um, they have like a matchmaker that that the men and women go to. So if you're not already kind of keeping an eye out for who would be good for your daughter. I don't remember what the name is of the Jewish matchmaker, but they have them in the communities and you go to them and they will figure out like, okay, your daughter is this, she wants marriage. I know this person is in school to be a lawyer or a doctor or a dentist or a banker and they connect them and those marriages last and they're traditional, but it's something they value in those, um, in those relationships, in those communities. So that's why I say like, I feel like I have to shift my gaze to cultures and communities where they have marriage on the table, because in my experience Statistically, yeah, do they have marriage on the table? Yes, but um, I think we want to talk more about statistical probability too because what's the likelihood, right? It's like, are you more likely to, um, like, like, let's just say for Ross, if you shop at Ross, will you find shoes? Yes, right? But if you were to go to a Nike shoe store you're more likely to find Nike, you're more likely to find athletic wearing shoes than you are if you just go to Ross and or even Stater Brothers. So here I am at Stater Brothers going up and down the aisles. And it's funny because I think maybe what what Stater Brothers will sell is like sandals, you know, Uh, but not athletic. And so that's the equivalent of me saying, you know, well, I know that if I go to the store, um, I'm going to get shoes and then I'm walking all up and down Ralph's, you know, Ralph's or Vans, and looking for shoes. Is it a store? Yes. May they have the occasional sandal? Yes. They might even have sometimes the bedroom shoes, like the ones that have the the wool on the inside, you know, type of a thing like to keep your feet warm. But I probably have a much better chance of finding shoes, A, shoes, B, shoe, you know, a variety of shoes in all different colors and sizes and, you know, shoes for golf, shoes for running, shoes for, you know, uh, track and field. If I go to a Nike shoe store, my odds are much, much better. So that's how I'm kind of viewing it. You know, I want to put myself in the best position to get the most out of it. So I know this podcast is going to be on the long side. But I'm really, really happy with the content I've put out with this one. And I think I really helped us to kind of figure out what's going on. It's going to be younger women dating older guys, at least four, four to 10 years up or more, kind of subconsciously letting the guy lead and or um, make the decisions in terms of what what it looks like to to let the relationship evolve, but the 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 impetus is gonna be on the woman the The mom or the auntie or the friends is gonna have to say ask him from date one if he wants marriage, if you want marriage are there gonna be women that don't want marriage? yeah. This conversation is not for you. And I'm sorry if you listen to all 45 minutes to an hour of this and you don't want marriage, then yeah, this conversation is not for you. I'll probably go back and put it in the um, description and just put disclaimer. If uh, you don't want to get married, then this this just save yourself the time, you know, type of a thing. But um, I did want marriage. I did want a family. I did want a husband type of a thing. And, And again, understanding too, I think like growing up, um, um sheltered and um i think even there's some little bit of parenting style type of things going on type of that and that type of thing um i've kind of talked about it a little bit it's a little bit a sensitive topic but um it is what it is all right i've said enough on this Um, there's some other stuff I wanted to address. I think I saw on a podcast. Oh, you know what it was? Um, I might do another screenshot of, um, somebody had kind of talked about the same thing too. Like, oh, I remember what it was. It was from a relationship Academy. And it said, if you do this one thing, you will never lose him. So I do want to go and watch that video. It's 22 minutes. The woman is single. This is also the same woman that was talking about, you know, I I think she misidentified um, money as being a love language when that's not what it says it says tokens uh, tokens um, or gifts or tokens or something as a love language so she kind of, I feel in my opinion, crossed the wires there a little bit. So I just want to hear that. But um, somebody put in the notes, number one, be vocal about what you want. And I think sometimes we can glaze over that or we don't really fully know what that means. So I will go back and screenshot that and listen to the video and then do a, a discussion on that. Because I think it's important because people say things, but we don't really know what it means until, you know, either someone tells you or... Or you experience it for yourself and even then you still have to try to, to decipher, literally decode people's behaviors and what they mean. And, you know, even things like, for example, with, with this post, that's from a man's perspective, right? So um, there's a component of me understanding how I feel and how women think and how women feel. You know, and and how this usually plays out. We're usually gonna be younger. We're usually gonna be in some way submitting to an older man who doesn't even probably even know how to. You know, it's, I could go on and on and on. But it was certain things like, and it's weird too, because like I said, I think I was just in the wrong pool period too. Because even the guy, the second, the the last guy I dated, he came from a two parent home, <laughs> and. But and again and last but not least, and I get off, they I was a single woman with no children, so I was really gung ho about marriage and a and children. And I felt like I had done everything. Right, I had finished school, got in my house. I had, um, you know, gotten myself in the best shape that I needed to. Because when you do go to college, you do put on, you know, you put on a little bit of weight. Got myself in shape. And it's like, okay, I have everything behind me that that would be a hindrance. And now let me, you know, and I don't regret it. I do not regret it because guess what? If I had gotten married and or had kids before I became self-sufficient, I've had some rough spots and there is no way I, I probably, and who knows, right? If it wasn't for my parents, but But who knows if I would have been able to really power through without my parents. But I can tell you just taking care of myself. I'm thankful that many times that it is just myself. I couldn't imagine not being able to um, be able to at least work to take care of myself because I didn't have work experience. And now I have children and I've been you know, left. And so now I go from taking care of my children and, you know, being a soccer mom to now it's like, oh, you got to pay your own rent. you got to, you know, t- take care of childcare for them, put food on their clothes, be a protective provider, blah, 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 all that for your children. Doing that alone, it would just, you know, I think that most women, they do, they figure out a way to do it. Um, and so but it would have been really difficult so I do not regret um t- doing taking my academics seriously and getting work experience seriously. I do not I I <sighs> <sighs> no way. Because and I've said this before too, you know, when I I'm at an, an age where there were women in my church that I you know, I look up to and I hold in high regard and um, they waited until you know, literally, it's it, they're just as scummy. The Christian men are just as scummy as the men of the world because when I tell you divorce after divorce, and it hurts like that stuff, I and it could be my personality, it could be my personality. So, you know, I do feel when we lose another woman to, you know, femicide and children. I feel every single one to my core. So even when it's people from my church who lose, you know, family, friends, or they feel, I I feel it. So, um, and I've talked about this before, but there's one couple in particular. I mean, if you talk about everything, ah, oh, they just delivered my food. <laughs> um, if you talk about everything, I mean, she's beautiful. She, um... And and when I even say you could, I could think of countless, I've talked about my high school teacher that was our home ec person. She was kind of like the equivalent of Tina Knowles. I mean, not even in terms of, oh, let me, um, go out there, right? Just petite can cook, can clean, dosa, submissive, six packs, even after having two kids, kids are doing good in school. You know, everything you'd want in, in, in the kids, definitely a homemaker active in the church, uh, has their own career, you know, their own law firm or their own practice or teacher. I could go down the list and what they did. Oh my God, this guy, and you know, usually they only do that if you have alcohol and you have to co-sign on the thing, but, um, what was I going to say? Yeah, no. They wait until the kids are eighteen, and literally the, the the daughter graduated from college, from high school, and as soon as that happened, he was just left. Hello. Hi, I have an order for um Instacart. Yeah. And you just want to leave it by the door? Um, to the side of the door is fine. Okay. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. I'm such a nerd. I'm recording this like maybe four to six hours later. But I have the appropriate time to use this word. So um towards the end, because what happened is the uh the Instacart person was delivering my groceries. I have a whole story on that too, y'all. I irritated with the whole situation. He bought himself groceries off of my <laughs> off of my stuff. So I had to like um email the the company and whatnot but so it got interrupted but i um i was talking towards the end of that of this post or for this podcast where i was like do you notice that this guy is telling the woman that she should be the one to leave instead of him telling the men if you don't want to be with her anymore let her know don't keep dragging it out don't keep coming back just you know because of the sexual component or whatever or whatever else you're benefiting benefiting from because I've been hearing so many stories, too, about women that, I mean, they're putting them on their leases, letting them drive their cars, paying their bills, oh my gosh, taking care of their kids. It's just insane, right? But the word that I wanted to use is honest, right, or um onerous. Um, so the phrase would be, you know, it sounds like the, um, the now I can't say the onerous is on the woman to, um. To exit the relationship, right? And I want to explore that a little bit more because I know that he cannot be the only man that thinks like that. But I think even when I reflect on the the past relationships, all four of them, it's kind of like and and I, I get it. I think some other relationships, um. I don't know. I almost wonder if it would be better to just be like ghosted and never hear from you again. And then that way you can heal, you know. But. The the keep coming back. And I mean, in in, in the last two instances, it was like just within a day or two of each other still talking to each other and everything like nothing's happening. Um, I think is, is where. It starts to look really bad, but just wanted to use that word, onerous. O n e r o u s. Okay, it's so funny because I low key yeah. I'm not gonna talk about that, but um, yeah, it sounds like the onerous is on the woman to know, and and it's so funny because um, there's a lot of conversation about men control relationships. Listen, if, if, if you want to walk with me, I can walk with you and we can have that conversation because I think I could agree with that. Don't come for me. But but that being said, it can be used as either a carrot stick or there's just no carrot at all, right? So, I mean, if if marriage is just not on the table, then you're up a creek. So... And if they control that aspect and they don't value marriage, you're just, you know, out out of luck. And then the other thing, too, is like I've said, with the long term relationships, it's like um what I've noticed, if you listen to the language of, of some men, it's like they literally will date this woman. They're attracted to her and they know that it's going to the well is going to run dry. And so it turns into one of these things. It's like, mm. I've squeezed all of the juice out of this relationship. I've gotten all the gifts I've wanted to, spent all the time I've wanted to, you know, and, and I'm ready to move on to the next best thing. And it's just never enough, right? I talk about when even the passport boys made they fly in peace, right? <laughs> I really don't care. The type of guys that go on these passport trips, I really, I just think it's funny, whatever. So, but, um... When they talk about, you know, these women clipping their toenails and giving them massages and hand feeding them, cooking for them, having sex with them and all this type of stuff. They're not marrying these women. They're not sending back for them and, and bringing them back and protecting and providing them. They go from like Brazil to Colombia to Argentina to the Philippines to Vietnam. to And it's just they're never satisfied. They're looking for the next woman that can clip all their toenails while licking their balls. I don't know. You know, and so it's it's never, just never satisfied, right? But anyways, I wanted to just use that word onerous I don't get to use it very much. But honorous, the word, uh, the definition for honorous is involving an amount of effort or difficulty that is oppressively burdensome, right? But it has to do with task, duty, or responsibility. So um the honorous is on the woman to um know if that guy likes her or not and, and exit. You know, I would like to think that the guy should just be like, you know what? This is not working out. Let me just exit. But um, I, I don't have advice for men. All I can do is just say, women, this is what it's at. And you're hearing it from the, you know, from the horse's mouth in terms of the post. And like I said, he, I'm pretty sure he's not the only one that thinks that way. I think that most men, you know, if, if I were to put a statistic on it, I would say 95, 90% of men think that way. Um, and even when I think about it, um, I was in all the relationships. I ended all of them. Right. So, um, and I've talked about this too. I think like one of them, I legit would have been one of these women that would have been on here. Like, yeah, there's two families. Like the other family is literally like 45 minutes away you know, and has kids and whatever. And I would have been in a completely different city with my kids. And then next thing you know, we're just like looking at both our kids, like your kid, your son looks like my daughter. Girl, that ring looks just like my ring. Girl, what? You know, it it would have been just a disaster because the way things were going, it was just like, you would have never know. Anyways, I've said enough. I'm a little bit of a nerd, and it's coming through. <laughs> I was like, I really want to use this word, and it's fitting for the for the thing. But I am a little bit chatty, so all right, y'all, bye.